Hey, welcome to another episode of the Recharge Podcast. I am your co-host, Mitchell. And I'm Laura. Thanks for joining. I guess this is titled, um, How to Be Rich with Less, is what we came up with, uh, or you came up with for a topic. Yeah. Uh, sort of an interesting journey that we wanted to share, and it sort of became with uh, came with a started with a wake up call about what six years ago. About something six like? years ago, yeah. So we were in a much different place then, um, mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, and more importantly, uh, stuff. We had a lot of stuff. We had a ridiculous amount of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and what we wanted to share is sort of a paradigm shift that we went through and to also give you some tools and resources that you might use or you might find helpful uh, with the overarching premise of getting time freedom. And so the rich part of the title has nothing really to do with financial wealth, although it could translate into that. Definitely could. It's more uh, about gaining time freedom. Yes. And so, you know, I just like to highlight a little story about where we were Um, We built a home and uh, we had this problem that we wanted a room that was just for adults and we wanted a room that was just for kids. And our kids always wanted to be in the same room with us. So we decided when we built our house to build them a, a rec room next to our adult kind of living room, our great room. And what we found was even though they had their own room with all their stuff, they came to our room all the time. Well, they were little people, and this silly little, we originally um, got the book, The The Not-So-Big House by Susan, I can't remember her name, an architect, fantastic book, encourage you to look at that if you're thinking about building a new house, but we had what I think is typical in home building, in entrepreneurship, and that's uh, product creep, where the little house suddenly turned into a little more, and uh, we got sort of pressured by the builder, by family, about, you know... You need a dining room. You need a guest room. You need all these things. And so, what turned, what started out as a, a normal house, ended up with, we had what three great rooms and a playroom in the basement. We had a sixteen hundred plus square foot separate garage, a couple outbuildings. I mean, the whole thing just got out of control. <laughs> it was really hard to put the horse back in the barn. Right, and we had stuff everywhere. And so we had toys in multiple different rooms. We had um, products like. Uh, cleaning supplies, grocery supplies in multiple different closets and multiple different rooms. So we really didn't even know what we had. Yeah, part of it was that we didn't probably do the due diligence with some of the design features, but then we also had this huge space that was empty. And it was pretty cool when we first moved in. The kids, I mean, could ride their bike in the house, and we had a room above the garage that they would skateboard and rollerblade in uh, before it was finished. And so that was that was sort of cool but over the years we started acquiring more stuff to fill the space because uh, you know a 600 foot square foot room on the main floor that's empty kind of looks weird right people would come over and be like what's this and so sort of felt that um even though it necessarily wasn't maybe always verbalized felt the pressure to acquire i guess so to speak and uh, it sort of went from there. I mean, at one point we had seven Christmas trees, <laughs> seven artificial Christmas trees uh, spread throughout the house, upstairs and the kids' spaces and all these things. And we're not sharing this to try to, to sound impressive or anything like that, but to, to sort of point the finger at ourselves and, and laugh and say, what were we thinking? How silly. What were we thinking? There was so much time spent um, hauling, storing, getting things put away, cleaning, organizing, 
it, it was a, a big waste of time. And so when you talk about becoming rich with time freedom, there was a lot of time suck just taking care of the stuff. <laughs> the neighbor guy would laugh at me. He would always tell the, the changing of the seasons or if whether it was Halloween or Valentine's Day because here I would come with a dolly and all these plastic tubs full of crap, <laughs> taking it from the one separate garage, which was about 300 feet away from the main house, back into the garage and then vice versa back out and just watching this process repeat every couple months and uh, I know he was chuckling and scratching his head and now that I look back at it uh, I mean what what were we thinking Hmm. well we did we ended up having kind of some life events that have um, sent us on a different direction and we have basically downsized uh, twice and we are about to undergo a a major stress of what some people consider a major stress, which is a major move. And I think thanks to what we've been through and our downsizing and more minimalistic approach to life, this is less stressful than it could be. Yeah. I mean, fortunately we did this, I don't want to say in stages, the first realization was that, you know, something has got to change. We have too much stuff. It's taking up too much of our time. We don't use it. We don't need it. We don't want it. And so we had that, that first garage sale, uh, I mean, people were just amazed at all the stuff that we had, and we got rid of probably 60% of our possessions, maybe mm-hmm. more, that first garage sale. And um, and we did it again the following year, and then we ended up selling that house and moving into a house that's probably less than half, maybe closer to a third of the size of that house mm-hmm. with no outbuildings and no nothing, no boat, no boat lift, no dock, no none of those things that we honestly don't miss. Mm-mm. But it's been so freeing in terms of time and management and upkeep and caretaking and um i think we shared last week the the fifty thousand dollar lawnmower story which was just part of the equation right and so you know yeah i i still feel like this house is even too big we're actually downsizing by about another two thousand square feet when we moved next and i'm actually looking forward to it because it's really going to streamline what we have what we keep in the house at any given time and uh, what we choose to acquire and instead maybe acquire experiences over stuff. Or the stuff that is acquired is something that that truly brings joy and is is a necessity or an essential, not a a want or a a crave or an impulse that ends up sitting in a corner collecting dust and uh, there was an opportunity cost, a time cost that went along with acquiring that whatever it was, piece of equipment, um, sporting good, whatever. Right, right. So one of the tips that I heard, which I thought was a really good one, was um, take your stuff and put it in a tub, whether it be knickknacks or clothes or um, extra dishes, whatever it may be, put it in a tub and put it away and keep it there for a month and see if there's anything that you absolutely missed or that you absolutely feel like you have to have. And after a month, go into that tub and go through it and look at it and say, "Um, I didn't miss this, or maybe I did. And that's a good way to slowly start editing your stuff without feeling so kind of scared. Um, We did it a little more drastically, but that would certainly be a good way to start if you were interested in starting something like this. Yeah, there's a lot of tips, and and most of these are not ours. We didn't come up with these on our own, and we did some research and and sort of shifted the paradigm to begin with. But another along the lines of clothes is take the shirts that you don't often wear and put them in the back of the closet and see if they are ever brought to the front. Look at that, and you know whether it's 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, and if you're not wearing it, donate it. Or if you want to consign it for a little extra income, that's certainly a possibility as well. And 
you know, talking about the silliness factor, we had a large walk-in closet. We both at that time had professional jobs, which we we don't anymore. Mm -hmm. But we had the fun clothes, the work clothes, the have to have this clothes for this event kind of thing. We ended up having a closet full of stuff, moving into another closet in the hallway, and then even taking a part of my son's closet with a bunch of work clothes that I wore, you know, seasonally, so to speak. And all that's gone, and it's freeing. We now have a, just a teeny little closet, and there's hardly anything in there. Yeah. I remember with the kids being feeling pressured that they needed to have, you know, six pairs of jeans and, you know, twice as many shirts. And the reality of it is, is we do laundry every day. <laughs> and so they really don't need six pairs of jeans and 12 shirts, They and they end up wearing the same things over and over again anyway. So really, um, through trial and error, I found letting them pick out their clothes and having less and just washing them. I'm pretty sure our older two kids wear the same three <laughs> shirts every week. I mean, there's the Monday shirt, there's the Wednesday shirt, there's the Friday hoodie. I mean, the same clothes come out of the wash every week. And yep. we're now to the point that neither of them have dressers. They have, uh, the oldest doesn't have a closet. And the middle child, he has a closet, but it's more for storing skis and broken bike parts and things that that aren't uh, um, wardrobe-related, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, another uh, tool that I came across was a book called um, Spark Joy by Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. And she's got another one popular. out. I can't remember where the other one was, but... Basically, you know, you, you have an object in your house that you've been keeping, moving around, shuffling, repositioning, and just to hold that item, and, and does it truly spark joy? Did it bring back some memories? Um, is it going to generate memories in the future? And if it doesn't, uh, feel free to get rid of it. Right. Let, let go of the emotional baggage or attachment or, or whatever you want to call or label it. Right. And I think another area, and we've talked about this, is um, kitchen. Uh, definitely... Um, Food items, spices, um, things, even things like toilet paper, paper towel. Um, we go to the grocery store every week because we run out of milk and vegetables and fruit, um, those things that you just can only buy so much of. And so there's really not a need to have a stockpile of stuff because you're going to be going to the store anyway. And what tends to happen is you stockpile this stuff and then you forget you have it and then you end up buying more of it. And when you go to put it away, you're like, oh, we did have three big things of toilet paper. We really didn't need this one. Well, at one point we had a little mini Walmart, if you will, in our basement because we had three kids and they had all their friends would come over and so we had bags of chips and juices and waters and all sorts of stuff down there that ended up getting sort of buried and and sort of lost and expired um and and there is certainly an opportunity cost to it i mean it, it costs money to buy those things and to store those things and it's really hard to get a clear idea if you're saving money when it's packaged specifically to sort of trick you into thinking that it's a good deal when in fact you could probably buy one of those for pretty much the same price at Target or wherever instead of, you know, stockpiling and filling up the minivan full of crap that you don't need or you're not going to use for six months. Yep, exactly. Spice is another good tip is to just have your basic spices and that you usually use for your basic recipes. And if you find a recipe that calls for some crazy spices or crazy ingredients, see if your local co-op or health food store um, has those where you can actually just buy just a little bit in a little sack. And that way you use it and you're done with it and you don't have it clogging up and never being used for another year, another two years when it's expired and not very good. 
Well, yeah, at one point we had several shelves that were just dedicated to spices and a, a bucket in the closet with some more unique spices that were used for some cooking classes I was taking at the time. But half the time, neither of us could find anything find <laughs> because I knew where I put it last and she liked it in a different spot. And so I spent more time digging around trying to find <laughs> the cumin uh, or something along those lines. So it's sort of silly, but uh, it brings us back to the time and opportunity cost. I, I would say, I don't want to say I'm bored, but I have so much less to do in this small house with this minimalistic approach that frees me up time to read, to meditate, to nap, to exercise, more time with the kids, more time with you, more time to work on uh, fun projects like this podcast or online courses. And it's really been a a dramatic shift and change uh, over the last several years. Yep. I'm really looking forward to the the next downsize. And it's been, again, kind of freeing going through our stuff. And and I think it's something that you do need to do and you need to continue to edit. And um, I, I think it's just a continual process that we go through. Yeah, I like, the, I like that phrase, edit, you know, editing life and, and sort of putting a premium on experiences and um, adventures over stuff. And so I think that's... Uh, a good way to kind of wrap things up here. But I wanted to share one final resource, a group of guys called the... The Minimalists. Yeah, the Minimalists. And we're not minimalists by the true definition of the word. Um, the Minimalists are Joshua Becker. Those would be two people that you could look for online. They've got tons of videos, tons of free content, some great books uh, that we've read, and it will really kind of open your eyes into how freeing it is. And you'll see it from a different perspective besides ours about how a variety of people in different walks of life, whether it's corporate America, uh, recovering attorneys, as many of them will call themselves, have adopted a change in lifestyle that has given them uh, freedom because they're off the treadmill of income generation so to speak and they're enjoying a different quality inversion of life yep and so we have a um it's a pretty short less than 15 minute ted talk Mm -hmm. and so if you'd like the link to that just let us know and we'll be happy to forward that to you awesome thanks so much for hanging out with us this week and i look forward to your comments and feedbacks as always have a fantastic week all right cheers